Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. All right. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful Thursday here in San Diego, and we are recording here at the Ignite BBB Podcast Studio in sunny San Diego. Uh, my name is Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd. What and, an exciting morning. Yeah, and this is the tradespodcast.com, and we do have um, our awesome guest here today. His name is Ron Rice, Ron Rice Painting and Consulting. Ron, how you feeling? Good morning. I'm feeling just right. Beautiful uh, studio. Great day. It's perfect. Yeah. That's it. What more can you ask for? <laughs> what more can you ask for? And that's why we pay the money we pay uh, to live in Southern California. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we give you uh, just a small excuse to come in, take a break from the morning, not have to work too much, you know, come talk about yourself. Is that cool? It felt really good to put my phone on airplane mode. <laughs> it felt really good to just hit that little airplane button this morning. Well, you, sh- you just tell everybody you're down here for four hours. That's right. Yeah. Are, are you sure you don't have that second phone? We've had some guests that have that second phone. It just can, it goes off and stuff. No, no, no. Okay. I even took my watch off. Oh, look at that. I'm ready. I'm all in. All in. All right. Well, cool. No, I mean, we've been uh, talking with Ron here and uh, just an amazing story about, you know, uh, uh, some different projects and ways that he expands his mind and what he used to do in his life and uh you know just but if you could introduce yourself a little bit more about um your side on the painting and consulting and you're in the industry yeah so uh my name's ron rice i own ron rice painting and consulting we are uh, a san diego based um painting contractor um i've been in business here for 23 years Before that, I had a company in Nashville, Tennessee for about seven or eight years. This is all I've really done my whole adult life. If you cut me right now, I would probably bleed eggshell. Eggshell? Eggshell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Paint runs through my blood for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a matte guy. (laughs) (laughs) You bleed matte. Awesome. (laughs) Perfect. So, um, yeah, that's we. uh, I have 10 painters in the field right now. Um, and, uh, I kind of run the show with a fantastic operations assistant named Kaylee. Awesome. Yeah. And that's all right here in San Diego. All right here in San Diego. We stay in San Diego County. We cover most of the whole County. I try not to go up to North County, but Mm -hmm. the majority of our works in San Diego proper. Yeah. Fantastic. So how'd you get started though, Ron? What, what, in Nashville got you into? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I went to college actually. I didn't graduate, but I started college and I was working in radio, believe it or not. And um, when I realized uh, while I was in college, I started painting a little bit, you know, on the side. And that something about it I loved. I loved taking um, something cruddy and making it look good. And um, I worked in radio for a little bit. But then when I didn't get the huge morning drive radio show that I thought I, you know, would always get never even came close to it actually um i ended up painting in uh in nashville and uh i just worked for a company for a little bit and um one day uh a guy another painter that i knew said hey do you want to do a side job with me and we went over to a house in the afternoon and we painted the bedroom walls in this place and it took about an hour and uh this was in 1993 and he gave me a hundred dollars. Okay. And you were he hooked. got a hundred dollars, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh! I get it now. 
And that's kind of the birth of uh, my painting company in Nashville. So when I moved out here, um, I did what a lot of people do when they, when they come to Southern California. I took time off. I played music. I surfed. Um, I lived the life of a 30-year-old, uh, you know, fresh in Southern California and kind of goofed off for a little bit. And I woke up one day and went, uh-oh, I need to do something for money. And um, I literally borrowed $10 from a girlfriend for gas to go uh, get a deposit check of $100 and um, for a job that paid $300. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started my company here. Oh, pretty good. And we good. just hustled and grinded and shook hands and talked to everybody I knew. And, mm-hmm. and it's worked out for me. That's amazing. Uh, let, let's circle back to that side job. The side job that you, that you're, that it was a guy that you had worked with within that one company, right? It was the owner of that company's younger brother, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, um, you know, for, for the trades, we, we want to uh, give it some like an educational purpose behind it for like the younger generation. Yeah. You know, they might hear a hundred bucks now that side job. What is that? You, what, what, what would that be paying right now? Uh, it, in today's world, that would be about $300 for an hour's worth of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, my goal is to make avenues or windows for young people to move into the trades. I've talked to Jeff about it mm-hmm. um, prior to coming in. Uh, I would love to find a way, um, like you guys, to bring more visibility into the trades. Mm-hmm. If college is in the path that you want to take, I... I believe college should be available to you, but if it's not a path you want to take, there's a lot of really successful, really fulfilled people um, with fantastic lives working in the trades. Yeah, absolutely, Ron. That's what we're definitely trying to highlight here on the Trades Podcast is the opportunities to young adults or anybody at whatever age you want to, you know, reboot your life, that the home improvement, the construction trades are full of opportunities. And the directions that you take is almost unlimited you just need to get in there and you know learn a craft and find out which direction fits the, your desires jeff let me ask you a question if i might hijack your podcast for one second you too yeah. danny how many do trades it. people do you know that make over six figures do you know can you even count them off the top of your head um no i can't yeah. count them there's no, there's a lot uh, so many so many. It's such a good lifestyle that I have that I've done mm-hmm. with, with no degree. And, uh, you know, and college isn't bad, but if you don't want to graduate with all that debt and it's not the path you want to take, man, a life in the trades is really a fantastic opportunity and a m- much easier road, if you ask me personally. Yeah. Well, wh- one of the things that I'm starting to see is you're doing your 40, 45 hours a week, regular job. For most healthy people, you've still got a lot more hours left in the day and an open weekend or at least two days a week if you've got a weekend shift or a job. Um, that allows you to pursue so many other things that are fulfilling to you also. Absolutely. You know, so like you've got some radio experience, band experience, you know, that's probably pretty fulfilling to you, Ron. If you're grinding out um, – at a restaurant business, let's oh, just say, oh, you know, yeah. you're, you're probably got the, the night, the, the afternoon and the night shift. Like Ron, the holidays. Ron's been there, been there, done oh, that. All yeah. the holidays. Oh. I mean, it's a, it's a different world, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
and uh, I'm, I'm a little bit exposed to that. I've got a, a son that's in the restaurant business, and he's like, you know, he's being challenged. He likes the management opportunities he's starting to get, but um, he does recognize that it's going to lock him in the rest of his life. So Man- management in the restaurant business. Ooh, talk yeah. about days, long days. Yep. And it's funny you should mention the restaurant business because um, a couple years ago, I started went in 2020, 2021, when there was literally everything was shut down and there was no workers and nobody was going out. Restaurants were taking, you know, sending orders out to go. I started advertising for painters. Here's a little hack. I started advertising for painters in a restaurant section of the paper. Oh, yeah. All right. Because those guys know systems. They know processes. And I could say... Monday through Friday, 7 to 3.30, no nights, no holidays. Weekends are available if you want them, but never, ever mandatory. Overtime's available if you want it, but it's never mandatory. And I got the greatest response from those. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Thinking outside the box. Where where your clients are. And I think what you also did, Ron, so we'll be able to talk about this too later on, um, is... You didn't hire for skill set. You hired for a need, adaptability, mm-hmm. culture. I hire for character, character and culture within yeah. your company. Yeah, you know, yeah. somebody that's already has a work ethic. Right, people. Um, when you interview for my company, it's not like interviewing for. I think most painting contractors. I don't ask about how many years experience you have painting. I ask about your family. Yeah. I ask what your hobbies are. I ask about, tell me a time when you didn't perform up to your standard. Tell me what's important to you in life. I want good people, not good painters. Yeah, what's your goals? For years and years, I tried, I hired good painters, and I tried to make them good humans. And, man, I beat my head against the wall. But I've learned, right, because you can't force somebody into being a good human. What I've learned is if I hire good humans... I can turn them into fantastic painters. And what that does is it gives my clients a ridiculously amazing customer service experience, which is why I've been so successful in this market. Fantastic. You put it very well. Yeah. I mean, that's just a step towards, you know, one, building a great team, a culture, like you mentioned. You know, you got, you have people that, one, you can trust that you know a little bit more in depth about who they are and how they operate what their family dynamic was or, you know, what their goals are in the future. I think that's always something that as uh, anybody right now in any generation, I think is someone looking for that connection with, you know, a boss, you know, someone that owns the company and they doesn't want someone just coming in and just waving and saying what's up and not just recognizing them. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit more uh, having a touch of, of a, of a personal feel of, you know, obviously I've worked for this company. I love working for it. And, you know, that's, that's something I think you said you had 10 employees, right? Yeah. There's 10 guys in the field right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that uh, one, assistant. and then one, yeah. One operations one assistant who really holds the weight of the company. Yeah. yeah. So to free me up to do stuff like this in the middle of a work day. <laughs> well, God bless your soul. So <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's amazing. And that's not to say that it, when you have a good culture like that, that's not to say that every now and again, uh, an idiot sneaks in, but when you have good culture, my core guys have been there a long, long time. Mm. They let me know, hey, this guy might not be a good fit. 
or he might not be the best, you know, situation, or there's something a little off. Um, that happens every now and again. And when I interview people, I say, it's, it's easy to get past me. I'm pretty low key. I can, you, 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 uh, you interview with Kaylee first then you interview with me. But then the third interview is after we hire you and you go out in the field with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, the, crews, the yeah. gentleman that, that that's working, you have to fit into that. You have to fit into our culture. And when that does, um, it's amazing. I am so proud of the guys, of the men that work for me right now. I don't have any women out in the field, but um, I'm at the moment, but I'm so proud of those guys, the culture yeah. and who they, they're all good human beings. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they care about the customer experience. So they're willing to step up and they run. This guy is not working out with the customer experience point. He's not pulling his weight or whatever the issue yeah. is, you know? And they care about each other too. Yeah. So right. when, when yeah. they care, that definitely yeah. makes it a lot more um, self mandatory to speak up and protect the company. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. protects everybody in it. Right. Yeah. Cool. They, they, they have your back, you know, they, they have your back, you know, yep. and, and that, that only goes to show that type of feeling that you've built on uh, around them also that you have their back and they're, they're going to have your back to, you know, they know what type of jobs that you that you guys want done and how you want it done and the experience that you want your clients to have and uh that's that's just like a huge um support right behind knowing that you have almost business partners obviously yeah, right behind you yeah yeah, yeah uh, so that, that's a good lead in ron with ron rice uh, painting and consulting what kind of paint jobs are you really looking for what type of work do you uh, <laughs> excel at the most you know we uh we excel at everything we do. Now, some stuff we do better at than others, but the thing is, is, is I think one of the keys to my success is um, I've been able to bob and weave with the, uh, with the economy and the time. So um, I started off doing really high-end custom residential, a lot of new builds, right? And then I moved more into uh, commercial work, Um I went from doing custom residentials and stuff with builders. And in 2008, we, when everything kind of took a downturn, yep. I started falling into commercial work by accident, actually. And since then, I've done a lot of, and then I've done a lot of commercial work and kept that steady. Um, and now we're doing a lot of repaints, a lot of um, everything from bathrooms to exteriors to whole interior repaints. And we're doing commercial work. So right now I'm literally painting a rental, an exterior in um, the hills, an, an occupied interior, um, and we're getting ready to stop, start two sh huge shopping malls. Nice. Shopping malls. Shopping malls, yeah. Okay. I always joke that, like, you know, I'm in the painting business, and I believe Southern California, San Diego, is probably one of the toughest markets in the city or in the in the uh, country. And um, so I will say regularly, we'll paint toenails if we can do it profitably. <laughs> like, I have to be able to bob and weave um, with the time. So there's a lot of contractors right now that are uh, doing very well in the uh, tenant improvement industry, TIs. Yes. So because of the, what do you call it? Everybody's working from remotely. Yep. Don't need as much uh, real estate in the office right. anymore. Right. So a lot of activity in that area in San Diego. Are you seeing that type of work? Yeah, actually one of my largest clients for the last 12 or 15 years um, owns and manages um, 
their own office buildings. Um, in this last year, they've sold off, but we are doing a lot of, and I have always done commercial TI, tons and tons of commercial TI. I love it, actually. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot uh, easier to get your clear specs out of the client, get in, get her done, get her out, less prep work. So it's not about necessarily less prep work for us. It's, it's less emotional. Okay. So I, if I approach uh, my um, commercial clients differently than I approach my um, residential clients and the very, and I use different language because I have to look at it as almost two different divisions in my company. When I'm in, when I'm in Mrs. Smith's home, I know that we have to be, um, keep everything in mind from like, does she want her side gate left open or closed? Is snuggles the dog allowed in the backyard or not? Does she have a cat we need to worry about? What's real? I ask people when I look at their property, what's important to you? Is it cleanliness? Is it somebody who's prompt? So I can address all those concerns. When I talk to a property manager or a business owner, it's not about the emotions. It's about them and their money. I need to get this in, get this done soon so you can get a new tenant in here and start generating revenue. Mm-hmm. If it's a store, we need to do this during off hours so you don't lose any money and you and your management can make their, their budgets and their numbers. It's very, very different lenses. And both, one's not more important than the other. Mm-hmm. You just have to look at it from different ways, if yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you have to be flexible enough to be able right. to adapt to the customer's yeah. needs and desires. Right. Um, do you do with the homeowners? Are you doing a lot of color consulting? I'm doing more and more and more and more color consulting. Yeah, lots and lots of color consulting, actually. And just from years of experience, I've, I used to shy away from it. I used to think I didn't want that. On my, I didn't want the responsibility of, of picking colors for Mrs. Smith or Mr. Johnson. Yeah. Um, but after this many years in the business, I, I know what to look for. I know what the end product is mostly. I know what their goals are a lot of times before they do. Um, so I do a lot of color consults. That's definitely a world that uh, I've shied away from on any painting I've ever done. Just You pick the color, I'll go buy it. You know... <laughs> You know, for years, a, a pretty valuable lesson that I had in business came a few years ago. When I was a younger man, I would be um, a little impatient with clients, like, just pick a color, it's fine, whatever, just go, I'm not going to help you, you got to do it, it's not, I stay out of it. And I, in my personal home, I've always let my wife pick the colors, and we have very different design tastes, my wife and I. And so about 10 years ago, we bought a new home. And I picked the colors for it. And it was the first time in my life that I had to go in and pick the colors. And I went out of my mind. I was a wreck. I changed my mind about 10 times. And all of a sudden, I was picky Mrs. Smith. (laughs) Right? And it was such a valuable lesson to me because now, and I tell my clients that story as I'm doing color consults because it is so stressful picking the right thing for your house. That can change. When you pull up, I love the ability to pull up to a home that I've painted, whether it's mine or Mrs. Smith's, to pull up to a home and say, and, and just look at it and that it's emotional. You go, wow, that's beautiful. You're just taken back. Like, look at that striking. We nailed it. We nailed it. Um, As opposed to you can, if you miss that every time Mrs. Smith pulls up to her house, uh, 
and she doesn't, there's something a little bit about that color she doesn't like, she's going to pull up to her house and go, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Ron Rice. Mm. I don't want her. I want her to feel joy every time she looks yeah. at it, right? Not yeah. that not that twinge of like, eh, we could have done better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a very it, important step in the process. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and you might have, I, I mean, you see a lot of technology that's coming out there nowadays that you can kind of almost take a picture of your home and project it out there and you can change yes, the and colors look, and all like. that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that something that you use with you um, and your team? It's nothing. I refer them to other companies that use it. Like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of paint stores and paint store apps mm-hmm. and paint company apps that will do that. Yeah. I don't necessarily do that. I generally discuss colors with them, bring them draw down boards yeah. and let them live with it for a little bit. And I don't put samples up on walls. I bring the actual a painted board that they can move around their house and different light mm. interesting yeah yeah that, the big old two by two swatch painted on the wall that they're stuck with until right right they hire right, somebody to right. paint that's right <laughs> that's right nope you're using me look it yeah <laughs> no so i yeah and i do color consults after of course after they've hired the company and funny enough i didn't I didn't name my company Ron Rice Painting and Consulting to do color consults. I did it as more of a consulting in the painting industry uh, in general. Um, so I was approached by the county um, to write some specs for some stuff. And I just started, uh, I just did it as a, a general consulting in the coatings industry many, 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 many years ago. Okay. And the guy who told me to put consulting at the end of the company name was the guy I painted that bedroom with all those years ago. And he goes, we were in Nashville, so he had a bit of an accent. He said, we're going to start a painting company. I said, oh, yeah, what's that? We're going to call it DNR Painting. DNR Painting and Consulting. And I said, why consulting? And he goes, doesn't DNR Painting and Consulting sound a little bit better than DNR Painting? <laughs> <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and obviously the job came came down with it, you know. Yeah, cause yeah. No, and it turned it. Yeah, it, that's it, what it's turned into. You still, yeah. I mean, but you still realize, you know, some of these clients, and sometimes obviously you're consulting your employees on the processes that oh, yeah, you no, built absolutely. over time too. Absolutely. I'm a. Uh, I mean, my job is education. Yeah. My job is educating the clients on what's best for them. Right. Uh, it's educating my commercial clients on what's fastest and most cost-effective and efficient for them. And my job is educating my employees on how to provide the clients with those uh, results. Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, uh, (laughs) a podcast done. That's all we needed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Inter bomb effect. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it's perfect because, I mean, you have 10 employees right now. Are you are you hiring right now also? Are you looking for more employees? No, we're good. I'm, I'm good right now. I'm good right now. Um, probably by the end of this month, I'll look to bring a couple more guys on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the guys that we like, um, I look for good people. Where we've had luck is people, not necessarily people with pain experience, but if you've, uh, if you've worked in um, – In any kind of construction or the restaurant business, 
where you have just a little knowledge of like restaurants, I like systems and processes and how that works. But in construction, if you just have a little knowledge, you know, you know, not to walk in front of a bulldozer or to wear a hard hat if people are swinging iron around. Not that we work on sites with iron, but I like people that have been around a construction site, know what a tape measure is. You don't necessarily even have to use a tape measure, but I want you to feel comfortable with one on your belt, right? Yeah. Um, um, we have really good luck training those guys up. So really good luck. Yeah, if they have the basics of what a home improvement right is, yeah, then even can, if it's two or three months, they've been on a on a job site. And I should change that. We probably are hiring now. I would never turn away good help, right? Right. If for the right human being, because I'm looking for human beings, mm-hmm. right? Not painters. I'm right. looking for good human beings. Yeah. I don't think I would ever turn anybody away. We'll find the work. I'll yeah. sell the work. I mean, I, I mean, you say human beings. I, I thought you were going to be going the route of like no AI or no robots coming <laughs> in. That just to clarify, there's no robots anytime no, soon we that, don't that are going to be be uh, taking over painting, right? We don't use robots. I think there are some robots out there that are painting walls. Okay. Um, they can only paint flat walls, so they can't walk around the corner, and they might be fine for huge warehouse monster Amazon facilities. But yeah, there's no. There's, we might do the robot on the job site a little bit one right. day, but no, there's no robots painting. Domo arigato. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, well, it's a really good point, though, yeah. the longevity in the painting field. Yeah. So if you're 18, coming out of high school right now, um, you get a job with Ron, you're a great human being. The career path, can that last you into your 50s with painting? <laughs> Or do you see robotic house painters out there taking the job away? No. There's no, um, there's no robotic house painters that are going to take the job away. It is a long, it is not, it, it can be physically demanding a little bit, but not compared to roofing or landscaping or framing or really anything. I think as far as the trades go, it's not that physically demanding um, no, we're not going to be replaced by robots. And I think one of my guys right now, uh, is 67 years old. And right this moment, he's probably on a ladder somewhere and happy as can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the new construction field, the technology will develop to the point where there is a scaffold type lift that is run by a computer and it's going to paint the concrete tilt-up walls or exactly stuff like that. But the home improvement process where you're going into somebody's house where there's furniture to move, you're dealing with a customer, uh, the prep work on a wood siding uh, exterior house, that, that's going to take a lot of technical, yeah, super advances to be able to replace a human. I yeah. don't see that happen in the next 20, no, it's 20 not 30 gonna, years. No, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. No. Or anybody listening to this, if you're in grade school, it's not going to happen in your lifetime either. I, I don't think so. It's certainly not something you're going to outsource. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Now, if they do have those computers, there's no painters in this market that's going to be able to afford them. I mean, just think about the cost of sending a computer into Mrs. Smith's house to move her china cabinet. Uh, another point. I mean, the c- computer <laughs> cost, you know, 20 years from now, or even a robot cost for that is going to come way down once it's mass produced. Yeah. And I think in the... Uh, um, like manufacturing process, 
right now? I mean, there's computers that are painting cars. Right. You know, there's right. robotic things on an assembly line, but right. you're producing the same thing each time, every time, going down the line. You know, and they're, But there's still, even in that environment, there's somebody that's doing QC. That's right. Programming the machine. Right. There's somebody watching to make sure it's going through, that it's mm-hmm. being inspected for flaws. You know, there's, but, st- there's still somebody running the software. Somebody right. running the there's software. Someone, there's yep. still opportunities in a yep. robotic painting atmosphere in the manufacturing right. process. It's funny you should say that because my painters, we were recently doing a, I don't remember, it was a big set of cabinets or something that was very, um, it was very repetitive. Maybe it was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they, my guys took it upon themselves to like study how the factory lines of auto manufacturers did it with their, with their robotic spray machines. And they mimicked how they held the gun when they let off the trigger of the gun, Mm -hmm. you know, the paint gun. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I caught that conversation, I just walked in on it and uh, I was fascinated that that's what good human beings do. They were looking for more efficient ways to get the job done. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of that moment. Very, very cool. So none of them even resemble a (laughs) robot, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. I I mean, Ron, you know, between, you know, 1993, back Uh in when you began started painting, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's gotten you this far right now up to 2023. Yep. Um, What? it seems like you have a pretty good grasp on like your work life balance. What would you, you know, how is your work life balance and how do you, how do you uh, handle both? So it's, um, it's good right now. It's good right now. Of course I have to, because I'm the owner, like I have to put in a lot of hours at times, but, but my key is, so I'm a, I'm a dad. Um, I'm a grandpa. Um, I'm a husband, but I also, um, have a band, uh, here locally and I did improv comedy for years and years. And those outlets, especially the art, I, I fancy, like if, if we weren't talking about my company and you asked me who I was, I wouldn't say I'm the owner of a painting company. I'd probably say I'm an artist. So those, um, my daughter who turned 16 uh, yesterday, happy birthday, Sadie. Nice. Um, um, and I have an older daughter, uh, Michaela in Arizona, but, um, the 16 year old didn't have a baby. If you were wondering, uh, um, <laughs> if, if I didn't have improv comedy and my band, like I would probably be a lot messier than, than I am or a bigger, I shouldn't say messier, but a bigger mess than I am. I, uh, I'm able to do my job. So today I'm going to work. And at five o'clock, I'm going to stop working and I'm going to load up my gear and dress up a little bit like a rock and roll guy, right? And head to the studio and work on a new set list that we're putting together. And that is such a rewarding um, thing. And then, and before the pandemic, I was doing a ton of improv shows around town. So any given week I could be doing, you know, three, sometimes more improv shows around different, different theaters around town. And, um, going from my job during the day and hopping on stage and hearing a roar of laughter from some ridiculously goofy line that somebody said or something happened on stage. Uh, I don't, I can't even tell you how exciting that is that I am able to experience. And this is only because I own a painting company. I'm able to experience all those worlds at the same time and afford 
to experience all those yeah. worlds at the same time. Yeah. So when we talk about uh, balance in life, so an hour on stage can equal eight to ten hours of painting in the field for the the stress relief and the outlet in life and fulfillment and enjoyment. That's a heck of a, a, a pendulum of balance there, though, too, Ron. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing though. And some people, I mean, some people surf. Like when, yeah. when, you, when you talk to a guy that's surfing, like nothing matters when you're in the water. Nothing matters except the next wave, yeah. right? So if I'm on stage uh, with my band, nothing matters except the song we're in right now. I need to be a hundred percent fully focused on what I'm doing. When I'm on stage doing improv comedy. I have to be so attuned to what's going on on that stage and what every single person is doing and what they're saying and where, because we're doing whole scenes that we're making it up on the spot. It's nothing. It's just all improv comedy is just all made up on the spot. So um, you just have to be in the moment so much. It's a fantastic release and a great way for me to separate uh, from my job, which we, which I need to decompress and laughter is a great tool. For everything, hundred percent. Laughter is a, a great uh, uh, rapport building too with business. How how did your comedy and business ownership correlate there? And I mean, do you do you crack jokes when you come to the door? <laughs> or? Um, yeah. So I've always been like the class clown, and and uh, improv comedy has helped me a ton in uh, in business and. I don't crack jokes the second I get to the door, but I'm a goofball. And yeah, I, I do try to get people to smile when I'm building rapport with them. Whether if they live on the hills in La Jolla, say something like, God, what a terrible view. I'm so sorry you have to live like this. <laughs> to, um, you know, if they have a brand new Rolls Royce, I'll just, you know, say, how long are you driving this piece of junk? No, I won't do that. But, yeah. but I do try to find, you have to read personalities in yeah. sales. As you know, you have to, you have to play, you have to know who your audience is. And once you know yeah. who your audience is, I will try to get a smile every single time, regardless of who the audience is, even if they're tough, even yeah. if they're tough, even if it's the grumpy old guy who doesn't really want you there because his wife asked him to paint the house. Um, I will make it my effort to get a smile out of that man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I try to go through life to being a happy person. Right. And one of the ways you do that is bring some levity and some comedy into, right. you know, the way you talk to people. And, right. you know, if you get a smile out of, you know, that uptight person sometimes, you know what? That makes your day. Yeah, right. And you, you might have changed his attitude or her attitude for the day also. And it's not about it's not about the sale. It's just about bringing light to a moment. Man, I'm a painting contractor. I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not trying to um, find a cure for cancer. I'm not uh, a scientist working on a covid cure we're painting stuff we're painting stuff it's it's not that serious even you know and another way that improv comedy has helped my business and my sales career is when you when you are on stage you don't know what you're going to do we ask the audience for a suggestion right Mm -hmm. so we'll get on stage between two and five of us will get on stage and say hey can we have a suggestion of something you bought at target And we'll get a suggestion and we'll make up a series of short scenes based on that one suggestion. And we have to react to each other. And so in, in my company, that's given me the ability to overcome whatever you throw at me, or at least be able to banter with you about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
which is hugely important um, in in business, hugely important to be able to accept, hear what's bring, being brought to you, realize it, let it sink in, and respond appropriately. 100%, yeah. Keeps you uh, quick and witty. Right. You know, and in tune with the customer's Absolutely. Needs, super, super important. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's just an awesome way to have that balance on both sides of things just to kind of, you know, obviously, you know, when, you, when you're when you running a business, you know, you take it seriously, but then you also have the part of um, being able to, like you said, that humility behind it of, you know, hey, we... Yes, this is something very important for that client, but in the end, like it's not that you have to have your nose so high to say that you know that this is going to be the the uh, uh, the best experience that they're going to have, and you know you want to provide that obviously, yeah. but you know it's in the end, you know you could have some jokes, you could have some fun, you can That's do it right. with a smile on your face, and and they're going to see that they're going to see it reflected on the other side where you know it's like I I trust this guy. It's still just paint. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, with your uh, crews doing the safe mandatory safety trainings, do you uh, integrate any uh, comedy into uh, so, the the ladder safety or fall protection or? There's kind of a rule in my company that I'm not allowed to make any more dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they all, Kaylee, especially my operations assistant, that poor lady, has, she's like, okay, Ron, I'll laugh at your dad joke, but you have to stop. <laughs> but yeah, no, my guys have fun. We, uh, I try to keep safety trainings serious and about safety, but the day in and day out, of, I'm a goofball, so of course I'm going for a quick giggle from my painters too. Oh, always, actually. I'm sure that adds to the culture there and Heck yeah. keep, keeps them uh, um, enjoyment enjoyment at workplace and motivated. And Well, and they're obligated to laugh because I sign their checks. Yeah. So it's kind of a built-in audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, that was funny. I need, a, I need a chuckle. That was funny. Give me a chuckle or you can go home early. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Gonna co- it's going to cost you on that one, guys. <laughs> um, next time I expect full that's right. I want laughter. the whole. That's right. Yeah, I want it to come from up the from gut. the diagram. <laughs> that's right. That's out. right. Bring it from the diaphragm. A good belly laugh. That's what everybody needs. Or, or, right. or, or you have to tell them, like, if you guys want the full belly laugh, then you got to come pay and watch me do some improv. That's know? right. <laughs> At <the> that's st- <laughs> right. Cool. Well, I, I think it's been awesome just to have sit down with you. And uh, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, you know, that you had gone to college, you had uh, didn't didn't finish, but this is something that has totally built rebuilt your whole life you know since the beginning of you know starting a family and just who you are today and where you are today um if someone's possibly in the same situation as you are right now what would you what's a piece of advice that you can uh, put out there so if you um if you're in college and not happy like i was it just wasn't for me or or if um if college isn't a path you want to take i would take a serious look in the trades I love painting, and the reason why I love painting before I was even a painter, I love painting because I love the idea of taking something that's ugly and making it beautiful, the aesthetics. We can see the changes we make. And so, or you might want to look into plumbing, or you might want to look uh, into uh, electrical. 
Go get a job as a helper. You can go, if you want to work in a trade, you can literally, and you, you're anywhere in America, I would say, you can go out right now and call a couple companies and say, I'm new. I want to learn. Do you have a spot? And you'll be working in no time. Absolutely. If you show up, get up when the alarm clock goes off, show up every day, keep an open mind, pay attention, learn. There is no reason why you can't have a, a really, really nice life. I mean, Jeff doesn't even, couldn't even begin to count how many people he knows make more than six figures or six figures a year. Yeah, I could have, no, I have no idea. I don't know very many people who don't do that in the, in the trades has, has owners or management, maybe some of the technicians not, but it's super easy to work your way up in the trades too. Mm-hmm. It, so, it really is. It really is a good, and attitude is everything with the right attitude. Really the possibilities are endless. Absolutely. So there's a, a gal I follow on LinkedIn. She's actually in Canada, but she's a welder um, promoting the construction trades Love it. To, to other women that are welders. But one of the things I've noticed is the art that comes out of your ability to just weld. Right. You know, right. the art pieces that you can make. Right, you know, the self fulfillment, right. the joy that you're getting out of it. You sell that piece of art to, or make it for somebody else as a gift. You know the self, the satisfaction you get from just that piece of art that you've made, and you've learned to make that art because you learned to craft to be a welder. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that's just one example. Right. So. Right. Or plumbers with pipes, or you know, you can. Um, I've had painters that were um, that painted painted art pictures. Right. There's a company in Denver that mostly hires um, artists for their painting company that I know. At one point in my life, I was like, oh, I'm going to be an artist, too. And uh, but I can't paint. The last thing I want to do is go home (laughs) and throw paint at the canvas. But um, but the thing is, is that there's so many opportunities. You're not graduating one hundred thousand dollars in debt. You don't lose four years of your life to some corporate monster. I don't want to call the colleges corporate monsters, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of politics and, and, uh, and it's expensive mm. when you can go out and start working right away. And in four years be making way more money than the people just coming out of college. Absolutely. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. And you're well on your way to a fantastic career. It would take no time for somebody to start with my company tomorrow and be working in management with the right attitude. Yep. It would take no time. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. What, yeah. what a, a fantastic uh, time we've had talking today, Ron. I really yeah. appreciate you getting down here. Um, we are going to do some more uh, stuff together here in the near future. Absolutely. I'm excited about that. And thanks so much for having me in, guys. I'm super grateful you uh, uh, brought me up here to this fancy studios. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Overlooking freeways. Yeah, fantastic. The, the Better Business Bureau has a really nice uh, networking rooms up here. And the podcast room is super uh, professional. Yeah, no, it's it. very nice. Yeah. Super grateful. Super grateful to have me. Thanks so much. Yeah, and before we head out, uh, if anybody's trying to reach out, get some more information about the industry, your business, the consulting side, how, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, sure. Uh, RonRicePainting.com, or you can just email me, Ron, at RonRicePainting.com. Simple enough. Perfect. Yeah, we'll yeah. shout that out, and we'll have it all on the uh, platform. So make sure to go give it a listen, everybody. Share it, because... Ron is the man. He's he's had some. Uh, he has a lot of experience under his belt, and he's ready to help help you out. Yep. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. Right. Cool. Thank you.
the Trades Podcast, I want to tell you about Sage IT Systems. I have personally met with Judy, who gave me the behind-the-scenes tour of how Sage IT Systems works and helps out their clients. They've been helping my construction company for a couple years with all the challenges of COVID, taking staff remote, server backup, everything a business needs from an IT company, Sage IT Systems has been doing for us. The support they're giving to the Trades Podcast is fantastic. I highly recommend Sage IT. If you need a review of your IT systems, please reach out to Judy. Her cell phone, 619-743-5870, or you can go to sage-it.com. That's S-A-G-E-I-T.com. Thank you so much for your support for the Trades Podcast.